0: When he told you you're not right When he told you you're not strong enough To put up a good fight When he told you you're not worthy When he told you you're not loved When he told you you're not beautiful You'll never be enough When he told you you should run away and never find a home when he told you you were dirty and you should be ashamed when he told you you would be the one that grace could never change cause Let your fire fall, your love is all I fear. Let your fire fall and cast out all I fear. Let your fire fall, your love is all
1: Hello, friends. Welcome to A Word of Victory. God bless you today. I'm excited to bring this word today to you, friend, because praise God, you know, I think there's so much negativity in the world and so many uh, situations and difficult circumstances that are going on where the devil, who is our enemy, is trying to beat people down, to discourage people, to make the people disheartened, to make them fearful. But listen, that is not who you are. If you uh, have asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you are a child. Child of the most high god you are anointed by god praise god you know when jesus uh the very first uh lesson that he taught in the synagogue was in Luke chapter 4 when he'd come back from the wilderness and he quoted the scripture from Isaiah chapter 61 and he said the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor you know and to heal the brokenhearted to bind up their wounds and friend when you uh, are a believer in Jesus Christ that same spirit of excellence is uh, the Holy Spirit of God is living inside of you and of me. And he has anointed you. He, God has anointed you for this day. He has put you on this planet for a purpose. You have been put here to, to accomplish great things for God, which only you can accomplish, you know. And uh, whatever circumstances you have come through, whatever difficulties, whatever uh, maybe times of hard times or bad times that you have lived through, whatever types of a Abuse or, or whatever neglect or rejection that you have come through, friend, know this. God wants you to advance. He wants you to be strong uh, in the Lord and in the power of His might, not your might, you know. So I want to tell you today, uh, uh, just like that song Martina just sang, praise God for it, you know, fear is a liar. The devil is a liar. He is the father of lies and his chief operation is using a spirit of fear to bind, to, uh, to hinder and to put obstacles uh, and to break people down, uh, from, from, uh, fulfilling the purpose that God created you for. And so praise God for that mighty song. I encourage you to, to sing it out loud right in the the enemy's face because you are an overcomer you have overcome him the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony so this is why it's so important for you to watch and see the words that you are speaking you know what is your conversation Uh, what is the tone of your conversation is it negative because then friend you're going to reap negativity but when you speak God's word forth when you speak life and blessing That is what you are going to uh, receive and that is the the life that you are going to walk in upon this earth. And you can bind up, you know, uh, negative words, coarse words, um, things that have been spoken over you. You can bind up and take authority over those words and break their power and refuse to to live under that harassment of fear any longer. Praise God. Uh, You can uh, live a different life in Jesus name Uh, I I, I believe you know that spirit of excellence is in each one of us the Holy Spirit when he comes to abide and dwell within us um, that spirit of excellence is in us and you know when you see somebody who's really good at their job people will say oh gosh they're excellent you know or you see somebody who's very talented at sport and uh, you know they they excel at their sport you see um, large um, multinational companies who operate you know at a premium level and they like to excel in their market and um, they like to be the best and, and that's in each one of us to be the best but you see the enemy can pervert it and, and can cause people you know to um have what the opposite of the spirit of excellence is is the spirit of perfectionism And perfectionism is a dangerous, a dangerous spirit to operate under friend because perfectionism is where we seek to please people. And where we seek maybe to cover up um, our own inadequacies and just put on, you know, a facade or a show um, uh, where you see somebody who's driven by perfectionism. They're trying to hide something in themselves and try and promote a, a different outlook. Um, but the spirit of excellence, it, it brings promotion And what happens is what's what's the difference between the spirit of excellence and the spirit of perfectionism is that perfectionism seeks to please and impress people, but the spirit of excellence seeks to please God and it is God who brings promotion uh, because of that so very often. The spirit of excellence, when you have it and when you operate in it, when you make a decision, um, you know, everything I do, I'm going to do for the glory of God. Actually, let's start in Colossians, in the New Testament, the book of Colossians. Um, it's right after the book of Ephesians, I think, isn't it? Um, and in Colossians chapter three, it's it's a wonderful chapter. I encourage you to read the whole chapter because it is explaining to us how to put off the old men the way we used to live, you know, in anger in wrath, in sin, and wrath and sin and to put on, you know, as the elect of God, it says in chapter, tw- in verse 12, this is Colossians three twelve. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, Um, If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, just like Martina did there and like we're going to hear Aileen singing very shortly. Praise God. And whatever you do, this is verse 17 of Colossians chapter 3. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to god the father through him so there's this you know quality decision we need to make how am i going to live my life and how am i going to you know who am i going to bring glory to and you notice there in in where it says you know to put on love and and meekness and humility that's the thing the difference between perfectionism and and the spirit of excellence is that perfectionism seeks to promote oneself for what I have done, but the spirit of excellence will give glory to God. That has nothing to do with me, but it's everything to do with him. And further on in Colossians chapter three, and it says in, um, let's go on and read it in 18. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, Do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. And it goes on at the start of chapter 4. Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Praise God. And you know, this is so... This is such a vital thing to understand is that we all are under authority. But many people will uh, try and live their lives in rebellion to authority and <laughs> In verse 18 there, you know, this is a very contentious issue. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And and so often that's taken out of context and it is, you know, promoted that the Christian faith promotes oppression of women. What a load of codology. Jesus was the greatest advocate of women. So he was Uh, the way he lived his life and the the way the word of God is fashioned is that, you know, there is a covering for each one of us um the husband in the family is is to be the the priest and the the king in the family as in that he is to provide uh you know for his family um to uh to minister God's word and God's love to his wife and his children and that's the submission the wife um is called to is is to work alongside her husband you know um when God made Adam and then he made Eve out of Adam that's why she's called woman she came from the man and when God made Eve he made her as um Adams helpmate as the one who came alongside him to sport to support him to sustain him to uh be his wingman you know uh, right there with him so that they were partners together so Very often you see people who have no understanding of the word of God and they'll take this scripture about wives submitting to their husbands, they'll take it completely out of context from a a feminist viewpoint. And I have nothing against, you know, anybody wanting um, good things for women, but I am not in favor of a lot of feminist um, propaganda because most of it is men hating and, uh, you know, wanting nothing to do with men. And sorry, but you can't make um, children. You can't um, fulfill God's purposes on this earth unless you have a man and a woman. But anyway, so this is a whole other teaching here. And actually, I wrote about it in the Word of Victory this week um, in the article, in the Outlook. But, you know, we are all like um. you remember when Jesus um, ministered to the centurion, the Roman soldier who came to him and said, um, Master, Uh, I have a a slave, a servant in my household, who's very, very sick, and he's my he's my right hand man. You know, he's he was working for this Roman centurion, and uh, the the Roman centurion went to Jesus to ask him, would he come? and heal him. And Jesus said, yeah, I'll come straight away to your house. And then the, the Roman centurion said, no, master, you're not, I'm not worthy for you to come under my household because he understood the the times, uh, you know, where the Jewish people would not go into, a, you know, an un, a Gentile household. He said, no, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my house. But he said, I am a man under authority, just like you are. He recognized that Jesus um, operated in authority, but that he was in submission to authority to God, you know, in, in submission to God's authority um, as well. And so he said, I am a man under authority just as you are. And I say to this servant, go. And he goes. And I say to this one, come. And he comes. So he said, all you have to do is say the word. And my servant shall be healed. And so Jesus marveled, it said, that he had not seen such faith in all of Israel, in, in all of God's children, uh, the Jewish people. Jesus had not observed such trust and belief in him and in his ability and in his power than he did from this Gentile unbeliever. And that um episode or that encounter is, is Recorded in the Bible for us today to understand that there is no distance in the Spirit, and Jesus said, "Let it be as you have said," and and his servant was healed from that very hour. Because remember in Psalm one hundred and twenty. Uh, Psalm 107 I think it is verse 20 it says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions so Jesus is the word of God remember John chapter 1 John's gospel and the word became flesh and dwelt among us the word of God came in a human form in the body uh, of Jesus Christ and so, when we pray, we can speak God's word, we can speak the scripture, we can speak to whatever the circumstances. Are Whatever the sickness, whatever the disease, you know, whatever the, the, the difficulties, we can speak God's word as, and use it as the sword of the spirit. And those circumstances have to bow and submit to the name of Jesus Christ. In fact, in Colossians, sorry, not in Colossians, in the book of Philippi- Philippians, it tells us that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is that the lordship of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus is above every name that is named. And so when that Roman centurion came that day to Jesus to ask him to heal his servant, he took him at his word and said, Lord, all you have to do is send your word. Just release it in the spirit. And... Um, he recognized the spirit, the Holy Spirit of excellence in Jesus, and he recognized that he was under authority. And all of us are under authority. You know, um, the, the husband, as I said earlier on, is the covering over the family. He's the one who is to minister to his wife and to his children, the love of God, the protection and, and security that comes from uh, from knowing God. He's to minister God's word to his family. Um, And here, it, it, that's, exactly what that scripture is talking about but it goes on to say you know that husbands you're to love your wives you're you know you um in Ephesians chapter 4 I think it is it says husbands you are to love your wives the way that Christ loves the church and what did he do he laid down his life for us and so that's the way the husband is to to react to his wife and uh, as it says here, do not be bitter to them. Children, obey your parents. There is a blessing to children, regardless of what age you are. It doesn't matter if you're 60 years of age and your mom or your dad is 90. Listen, you need to obey your parents and you need to honor them. Uh, because when you honor your parents and when you obey them and when you bless them, you will be blessed. That's back in Ephesians, um, back in the book of Exodus, chapter 20. Uh, where God gave out the commandments, He said, "For when we honour our parents, we will be blessed. We will live a long life in the land, and all will go well with us." So, um, that's what that's talking about here. And then it goes on to say, "Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged." So you see, the father in the family has so much to do with affirming his children. He can, you know, speak God's word over them. He can show them and demonstrate the love of God to his children. He can nurture them and and bring them forth. But so often people don't have that. And this is why they have a, a difficult time then, uh, you know, accepting God's love because they see God as the father and they equate him with the messed up, um, maybe relationship that they had with their own biological earthly father. Um, And, you know, the father, uh, God the father, you know, he he ministered to Jesus so many times where he spoke, you know, when Jesus was being baptized and then later on when he was uh, glorified, when he was transfigured up on the mount, God spoke those times and said, Behold, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so fathers, I encourage you to speak words of life and words of blessing over your children, over your wives, over your families, you know, even over your over your employees if you have a business, you know, over your workmates. You have um a, 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 an anointing, I guess, a special anointing by God to bless to build up um and to affirm to reassure to to bring confidence to those under your care, and you know this is why Richard. God bless Richard. Eighty-five years of age. What a man of God! Uh, you know he he stands as a as a spiritual father over us. He blesses us with the 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 um the blessing from Numbers chapter six. You know, uh, may the Lord bless you and and keep you and sh- make His face shine upon you. He uh, today he's he's uh, bringing a, a decree of God's wisdom, and it's actually what we're talking about here, you know, where when we are led by God's spirit and when we are filled with his Holy Spirit, we have the spirit of excellence inside of us. And so that's what this scripture in Colossians 3 is saying, you know, that that we are to do whatever we do. We do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. We don't do it for show. And certainly there are times, friend, where you will be in a job or where you will be in a uh, a situation, maybe with family members, and you'll have to grit your teeth because what you'd love to do is tell them what you really think about them. <laughs> and uh, you know where maybe people are operating under a, a a different spirit or a demonic spirit. But listen, God sees; He's the God who sees, and uh, He wants you to to uh, grow through every situation, and you know you'll grow through the trials you will grow so much more through the trials. But um, praise God, often what happens when you do operate in a spirit of excellence is that it will um, irk or or annoy or offend other people. Uh, That's the thing, like we, we operate in the spirit of excellence to please God, whereas the spirit of perfectionism aims to please man. But when we seek to please God, very often, what it will do is is rise up enemies against you. And we're going to read that in a moment in the book of Daniel, you know, because what it does is is when you operate in a spirit of excellence, it highlights other people's inadequacies around you and it can cause jealousy or offence uh, to rise up in them. And um, but I believe that excellence, the spirit of excellence, is found in, in faithful people. You know, it's about being consistently consistent, um, the, the spirit of faithfulness. And uh, even when it hurts, even when no one's looking to still do the right thing. And this is what that scripture's talking about there. You know, don't just do it for eye service. Don't just do it so that everybody can see what a great boy or a great girl you are. You know, there'll be times where you'll do things and nobody will know about them. But guess what, friend? God knows. Because he's the God who sees. Hallelujah. So let's have a look at that in Matthew chapter 5. And then we'll go, uh, hopefully, to the book of Daniel. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. No, not chapter 5, chapter 6, sorry. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6. This is what Jesus was speaking about here, you know, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. You know, and and he says then, you know, when you pray in verse five, you will not be like the hypocrites that they love to pray standing on the side of the street or in the synagogue so that they can be seen by everybody as to what a wonderful, holy person they are. But he says, when you pray in verse six, go into your room and when you have shut the door, Pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. You know, the unbelievers, he's saying, they'll keep, you know, bringing on these repetitious prayers just in order to be seen to be doing something. But, you know, he says they think that they will be heard for their many words therefore do not be like them for your father knows the things you have need of before you pray and then he taught them in this manner pray and he taught them what we call the Lord's prayer but he wasn't teaching them a prayer to rattle off our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth that's not what he taught them he taught them a method or or a way of coming before God first of all to come before him and say father God I worship you your name is holy you are holy and so he taught them this this way of praying but you see what he was really saying here is where you will uh you know where you'll work this out is in the secret place hidden away closed away where you're alone with your father where you're alone with the word of god and this is what i encourage you friend you know you can You can study all the books. You can have all the intellectual wisdom. You can have all the money, fame and power. But listen, if you don't have God's wisdom inside of you, you have nothing and you will not excel. And this is borne out in front of our lives every day. You see so many celebrities, so many great people who have everything they want and even more. And you know what? They're never happy. There's never that contentment and that peace. They're always striving for more. And listen, that's what comes from having this relationship with the Father in the secret place. Shut the door. Get away. Jesus said it in Mark, <clears throat> in Mark's Gospel, He told His apostles, "Come away with Me a while and rest." There is rest and peace to be had in the presence of God. Um, you know, it's, I I read that scripture for you. It's in Isaiah chapter thirty, um, and it says, you know, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your peace. There's, there's a peace that can only be had when we take time away from our lives, take time away from others and just get alone with God and where we can talk to him honestly. And that's what the Lord's prayer is. It's, 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 uh, you know, coming before him, acknowledging his holiness, acknowledging his sovereignty, acknowledging his greatness and acknowledging our weakness and asking for his help. And trusting him for everything that we need. Praise God. So, um, you know, when you come away with the Lord, you won't regret it, friend, I tell you. He will speak to you. He will fill you up. He will then send you out on your mission, armed for victory. And, you know, let's go and have a look at the book of Daniel. And we'll see this here. In Daniel, and it's two chapters I want to look at today. And I know it's... Uh, a lot of reading but i feel to read it for you okay so um in daniel chapter 5 and uh you know it was about this this king belshazzar and he was the son of nebuchadnezzar who had come and conquered israel taken um all of the the uh the good things that he could take from the land of israel from the city of jerusalem he took the people captive he killed the ones he didn't want the weak the infirm um he brought the the highly intelligent um and learned ones and he he actually brought them into the palace and that's how daniel ended ended up there in this foreign land as a, a captive kidnapped um, and he had served this king, Nebuchadnezzar, and now his son had taken charge. So... Um, the son, you know, God help us, let's let's read here. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet, this is Daniel chapter 5, for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem so that the kings and his nobles, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. So he went and he ordered that the um, um, the special uh, gold and silver goblets that had come from from God's temple in Jerusalem be brought in so that he could drink from them. And, you know, this is the thing about uh, people who are living in excess and, and they have everything they want and they want more. And, you know, this is just... Um, oh, praise God. Anyway... So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles, his wives, and his concubines, uh, drank from them. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. So they were totally, um, flying in the face of God, and, and they were honoring these, these, uh, vessels, um, and, and, you know, Praying to false gods because of them. And and this is just totally, you know, giving God the two fingers. And then what happened? In verse 5. Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. And I'll tell you, friend, that's the days we're living in today as well, because we have got people who are in power, who are in government, who are in leadership all over this world in different scenarios and situations, and they have Totally um, disregarded God and his law. They think that they are in charge. They think they're in control. But I'll tell you, friend, God is in control. And one puff from his nostril of his breath upon them and they are not long turning pale and their knees starting to knock and we are going to see that in these days mark my words we will see that those ones who you thought were the great the mighty the powerful and the untouchable you watch and see what happens uh, in in their lives if they don't repent So his knees were knocking (laughs) with all his smartness. The king summoned the enchanters, astrologers and diviners. And he said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple, that is, will be given great authority and will have a gold chain placed around his neck and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. Um, And this is... The truth you know is, is that um, so often what we see is with people who think they know it all and you know they'll go to the intellectuals they'll go to the, the advisors and the counsellors they'll seek counsel from everywhere except from God and that is a dangerous dangerous stand to take so King Belshazzar Bel- Bel- became more even terrified and his face grew more pale <laughs> His nobles were baffled. And then the queen, this is his mother, hearing what was going on. She said, listen, don't be alarmed. Don't be so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy God in him in the time of your father he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods you see these were foreign they they had no revelation of who god was they were not god's people and they did not know his word they did not know anything about him so they said you know he's got wisdom like the gods uh you know this daniel guy and um This is the thing is that when you know God, when you know his ways, when you know his word, you will have a spirit of wisdom and excellence inside of you that will promote you far beyond anybody uh, anybody else in your realm, you know. And so this is what she was saying about Daniel is that he, this man is, is just incredible. And um, he sorted out all these problems for your father. So call for Daniel and he'll tell you what the writing means. So Daniel was brought before the king and the king said to him, are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father brought from Judah? I have heard that the spirit of the gods is in you and that you've insight, intelligence and outstanding wisdom. And so uh, my wise man, and, you know they couldn't understand this and now I've brought you here to tr- try and solve this um, issue tell me what the writing means because I've heard that you have solved you know difficult problems in the past and so Daniel answered the king and this is what he told him you may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else nevertheless I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. So, you know, Daniel um, had excelled in this foreign land simply because, you know, he, he he made a decision to stand his ground concerning his faith in God in the past. You can read it there um, earlier in in chapter two and three, and you can read it again in chapter six. But. Um, you know, he refused to dishonor God, but he did respect the king. And this is what he was saying to him here. You know, look, keep your gifts. I don't want them. But, you know, O king, I will tell you what it means. Your majesty, The Most High God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, all the nations and people of every language dreaded and feared him. Those he wanted put to death, they were put to death. Those he wanted promoted, they were promoted. Um, But when his heart became arrogant with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. And uh, so, but you Belshazzar, he says in verse 22, his son, you have not humbled yourself, though you knew all of this. You saw everything your father went through and how he saw the power of God demonstrated, how God humbled him and how he repented and how he trusted, you know, in the Lord. You, you saw all that and you have not humbled yourself. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven and friend this is the thing this is why we pray for those in leadership over us those in government those in in the police forces those in in authority those who work for the government we need to pray for God's mercy for those people because listen when they take a stand against God or against his church or against his people and you know in Ireland at the moment by keeping the churches closed uh, you know praise god they they're opposing god they think they're opposing people maybe people who've come against you or come against us in the past because of the word of god they think that they're just you know speaking out negativity or cursing you or cursing me but listen they're not they're standing in opposition to god himself and uh, because of the anointing that is on a believer's life and this is what daniel spoke the truth to belshazzar here he told him plain blunt Straight out. He didn't cover it up. He says, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had the goblets from his temple brought to you and your nobles, your wives, your concubines. They all drank wine from them. You praised the gods of silver, gold, bronze, iron and wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. This is the inscription that was written and Daniel deciphered and translated for Belshazzar what the words that were written there were. Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parsin. Here is what the words mean. Mene, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel, You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Oh God, what a thing to be told. That sends a shiver down through me. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple and a gold chain placed around his neck and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. So Belshazzar... He had made a promise and he had to keep it because he knew the truth that Daniel spoke. And listen, friend, you know, this is the thing that I find that when we speak with people, when we tell them about the the, the word of God, when we tell them about the love of God, people, they are not stupid. They understand the truth. They understand when someone is being authentic. And when the Spirit of God, you know, that's what happened to Peter that day in the book of Acts, when he stood up and he spoke. And and it says that the words that he spoke pierced their hearts and convicted them. And, uh, you know, the people know and understand the truth and the authentic And uh, so Daniel was given this authority, this level of authority. And that very night in verse 30, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. So Daniel's words were fulfilled. And that's how you know that a prophecy and a prophet is true is when you see the the proof of the pudding and the fruit of their words. And in chapter six, I went on to say, It pleased Darius to appoint um, all these satraps or these rulers, you know, governors to rule through the kingdom with three chief ministers over them, one of whom was Daniel. So Daniel was promoted and um, because, you know. The thing is, is that very often, and you'll hear people say it all the time, oh, you know, the ones who do wrong, the ones who steal, who kill, who, who do this and that, they never get caught and they, they get on great. In fact, in the book of Malachi, chapter three, um, God says this, you know, he says, my people have been speaking, they've been speaking ill words against me. They've said that it's not good to serve God because the ones who don't serve God get on fine without him. Yeah, friend, they may get on fine for so long, but I'll tell you the rope soon runs out but when somebody honors the lord when somebody stands on his word and and uh you know uh, receives jesus christ as their lord and savior and puts their faith and their trust in him there is uh, an activation of the spirit of god upon that person's life and you will see um you know the power of god being demonstrated in their lives you will see change you will see transformation you will see promotion and that's what happened here for Daniel. And now Daniel so distinguished himself among the chief ministers and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And this is what I wanted to say to you earlier about the, between the difference of the spirit of perfectionism and the spirit of excellence is that when you operate in the spirit of excellence, it will rise up enemies all around you. You will have people who will be jealous of what you have. They will be jealous of how you do your work or of how you look or, you know, your family or your home or whatever. There will be jealousy and offense. That's a sure sign that you're operating with the spirit of excellence. And this is what happened to Daniel here is these other um, ministers and satraps decided they didn't like him. They, they, um, in fact, it says they tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, We will not find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. And they the enemy pinpointed exactly. And, you know, this is what I see so often is that when somebody will um, speak forth truth of God's word, whether it be, uh, you know, on tithing, on healing, on marriage, (laughs) on God's idea of marriage is very different from the world's idea of marriage. As you can see in our in our world, um, our laws have been changed. uh, But, you know, they can change the laws all they want and they can call wrong, right. But listen, it's, still wrong in God's eyes and that's the thing but praise God you know God has given people free will he's given each one of us a free will to live our lives the way we want to and he doesn't push himself upon anyone he in fact he wants us to come to him he draws us unto himself but um he won't force anybody to accept his word and uh you know this is what these men decided the only thing the only way we're going to catch him is about the way he serves his god. And so that's what we're seeing in the world right now, you know, we're seeing abortion on demand up to to birth in in many countries and they rejoice over it. You know, in New York, they brought in abortion um up to up to birth and they lit up the whole city pink uh in celebration of that wonderful liberty that they were after achieving. Ireland, here we celebrated you know the wonderful liberty of having abortion in this nation to be able to kill uh innocent um children in the womb. What will you tell me? Will you tell me, or you know you could one of these wonderful, wise, intelligent be- people uh, what is the difference between the baby who's in the womb? and then a couple of months later is born outside the womb you know the mentality as in isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 where it says they call what is evil good and what is good evil this is setting themselves up and standing in opposition to god and they're wondering then oh why is the virus so bad you know why is nothing happening oh my god the numbers and and, and this and that and whatever listen this nation, Ireland in particular, is under curse because of idolatry, because of perversion and corruption. And, you know, that's just in the church uh, and not to mention in government and in, in, in the state and in all the government bodies down through the years. And all of those things are being exposed and they will be exposed because God is merciful and he wants people to repent and praise God, you know, we're not going to see change until we see the church, the people who proclaim to believe in God, repent and ask God for his forgiveness and and publicly acknowledge we have sinned, oh God, help us. We need your help. We have tried to do it our own way and we have failed. But there, that's just my opinion. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, let's get back to this. So they said, we'll never find any basis of charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. And so, you know, this offense, this jealousy rose up inside of them because of the spirit of excellence that was upon him. And what they did was they tricked the king, uh, which is how, you know, all these laws and different things are brought in where where they are so subtle and so, you know, um, sweet. Uh, And use cunning and trickery. It's the spirit of the serpent from the garden. That's how Adam, excuse me, Adam and Eve got tricked. It's the same spirit, cunning and subtly uh, tricking. Uh, people who have no knowledge or no wisdom of God. And so they did that with the king. They tricked him and said, make this law that if anyone prays to any other God except you in the next 30 days that they get thrown in the lion's den. The king agreed and then they knew they had him. They went off. Daniel used to pray three times a day to God and they found him. You know, these men went, they found him. Uh, praying to God, they brought him before the king and they said, oh majesty, you said that if anybody would worship any god other than you in the next 30 days they would have to be thrown into the lion's den. We found Daniel praying to his god and it said the king was so sad. You know, he he was so mad at himself. It's in verse 14 there of Daniel chapter 6. When the king heard this he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and he made every effort until sunset to save him but then the king said listen you said king that this he would have to be thrown into the lion's den and it's nighttime now he has to be thrown in so the king brought the order they put daniel into the lion's den and the king said to daniel in verse 16 may your god whom you serve continually rescue you They put a stone over the mouth of the den the king sealed it with his signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that you know nobody could break open the seal and let Daniel out Um, and then the king it said went to his palace and he couldn't eat that night and he wanted no entertainment he couldn't sleep he could not wait until morning he ran down to the tomb um, to the den at uh, first daylight and he said oh Daniel where are you are you all right? Um, Daniel servant of the living God has your God whom you serve continually being able to rescue you from the lions and Daniel answered may the king live forever my God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight nor have I done anything wrong before you your majesty the king was overjoyed and he gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den and when he was lifted out no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God the lions in the den that night did not touch Daniel because God had protected him. And listen, this is the thing, is that um, because Daniel had stood his ground concerning his faith in God and he prayed, he, he still respected the king, but he refused to dishonor his God. His prayer and his study time in God's word sustained him through his trials, protected him from his enemies and even preserved his life, delivered him from death and then not only that but promoted him in an utterly amazing way you know because afterwards the king had all those men who had falsely accused daniel thrown in the lions den with their wives and their families and the, the they were fairly mauled and and you know <laughs> dealt with in a in a bad way and then Darius, King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth. And he said this to them, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Imagine that he actually mentioned Daniel when he was talking about the God of heaven. That's how much favor God gave Daniel in the sight of man as well as in the sight of God for he is the living God. He endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So, you know, you have this, what a wonderful thing the king wrote. You know, God gives us favor, not only with himself, but he gives us favor with God and with men. And so many people turn away from God, they mock him, or they become bitter um, about God, and then they wonder why they're not blessed. But, you know, friend, in in Proverbs chapter 3, let's turn there quickly. Praise God. Oh my goodness, time is running away from us. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1, it says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. See, God gives us favor with not only himself, but with man as well, when we put him first. And that goes on there in Proverbs chapter 3 to say, "'Trust in the Lord with all your heart. "'Lean not on your own understanding. "'In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. "'Do not be wise in your own eyes. "'Fear the Lord and depart from evil. "'It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones.'" Honour the Lord with your possessions and with the firstfruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. There's this abundance that comes from serving God. When you serve him with every part of your life, not just, you know, uh, praying to him, but but studying his word, allowing him to direct your path, to give you wisdom, to show you the way to go to strategy, you know, the strategy for your life. Not only will it bless you physically, you know, because it will bring long life to you. It will bring health to all your flesh. But also, when you honor him with your possessions, when you tithe, there is a blessing and a protection and a preservation that is put upon a life because of the tithe and because of honoring God with our possessions. Praise God. So, um, God wants you to increase in, in not just your wisdom, in your stature, just like it happened to Jesus. It says in Luke chapter two, verse 52, you know, that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. So if Jesus had to do it, you need to do it, you know. Um, and and what happens is it's the spirit of God who helps us. It's the spirit of God who anoints us. And um, even in our weaknesses, you know, it says, uh, praise God. Uh, Let's go there, actually, and to Romans chapter 8. Praise God. Come back to me in a second. Romans chapter 8. Welcome back. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says... Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You see, this is the thing is that when we study God's word, When we are filled with his spirit and baptized with his power, what happens is, is that he downloads his strategy for his will and his purposes for us. And that's why you'll say, you know, when you look back over your life, you know, when you've been walking with the Lord and you say, my God, look at the way he he brought me on from there. Look at what he did here. And he arranged that. There's no such thing as a coincidence, you know, in God's kingdom. But it is the Spirit of God who um, anoints us. He is the Spirit of excellence, and He is the one who knows the mind of Christ. And, you know, it goes on there to say in verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That's our ultimate. That's what God ultimately is at is, is, is he's transforming us from glory to glory, having us, you know, Jesus said in, in um, John's epistle that as he is upon this earth, so are we. And so we are to walk in the same spirit and the same anointing that Jesus Christ walked upon this earth. And that's not blasphemy, friend, or or pride or anything like that, because we each of us know how weak we are. You know, God says, you know, we're only dust, but he has put the spirit of excellence, This the, the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of us and he accomplishes his will through us. This is what he did with Daniel. It's, it's what he did with, with David and Gideon and so many others in the Bible. They were all the same as us. They were ordinary people but they served an extraordinary God, the, the supernatural God who sees what's in our hearts, not just what we portray on the outside. And this is what's the difference between the spirit of perfectionism and the spirit of excellence is because the spirit of perfectionism will will put on this show that uh, you know for other people but remember what God said to Samuel when he was anointing David he said you know first of all David's father brought out all these sons you know he had seven sons and he brought out six of them and every one of them Samuel said oh wow this is a fine man here he'll be a great king and God said stop You're just looking at the outward appearance. You're not looking in the heart because I, the Lord, search the heart. And it's the same with us today, friend. You know, God is searching for people's hearts. And that's why he is more interested in what we do in the secret place than what we do outside. And, uh, you know, praise God, we are going to see a difference between those who serve the Lord, like he said in Malachi, and those who don't, between those who walk according to his word, um, and who, who operate in the spirit of excellence, in the Holy Spirit, allowing him to demonstrate God's power in our lives, to demonstrate and, and where we give God the glory and say, listen, it had nothing to do with me. I just did what God told me to do. And he brought me and he did this and he showed me this and he gave me this wisdom. And they're the people that God is going to use, who know full well that we have no power in ourselves. And this is why I hate it when I see governments and leaders and, and and people, you know, being smart boys or smart girls, they think, you know, and, and giving God the two fingers and uh, never even acknowledging him publicly, never, never um, acknowledging right or wrong. Because what they're doing is just was as we read in Daniel, they're standing in opposition to the Lord himself and uh, they're giving the spirit, the Holy Spirit, no freedom to to uh, to move, you know. And uh, praise God. God, he sees what he has put inside of each one of us. He knows the plans he has for you, friend. He knows what he's put inside of you. He knows who he wants you to be. He, you know, he wants you to excel. But for his glory, not for your glory, for his glory. And uh, knowing that it's nothing to do with your talents or your abilities. But that it's God's spirit of excellence is is given the freedom to shine through you. Remember Gideon? Gideon in chapter Excuse me, in Judges chapter six, you know, he was this this weakling, as he saw in his own eyes. And yet God had anointed him for a purpose to deliver the whole nation of Israel from the Philistines and and to do it with only 300 men, you know, and uh, and, and you can read it for yourself in Judges. I think it's chapter four five six around there somewhere. And God um, at the end, you know, God actually used Gideon. And 300 men and clay jars that had a, a candle inside of them. And I, I often think of that, you know, because in Second in Corinthians chapter 4, it says that we are like fragile clay jars. And that's what we are, friend. You know, we are dust. We came from dust. Adam was made from dust. And we'll go back to dust physically. But it, it, our spirit and our soul will go on eternally with God in heaven or else in hell, separated from God. But... Um, you know, those, those clay jars that Gideon and his men crash er, uh, broke that day in that battle, that night, sorry, in the battle, allowed the light to shine out through them. And that's what God wants to do with you, friend. He wants to shine his glory light through your life. Um, not because of your great accomplishments, but because of his power and because his spirit is allowed to, to have liberty and freedom in your life. Like Martina, you know, she sang earlier, fear is a liar. But um, Aileen is going to sing in a a couple of minutes and she's going to sing that we serve the champion. And uh, I I think of David, you know, in in Psalm 62, he said, uh, Psalm 62, I wait quietly before God for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. And then in verse five, he says, let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken, for my victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Hallelujah. And, you know, this weekend is uh, Passover, the start of the Passover feast, and uh, where the Jews celebrate that first Passover night, where when they were held captive in Egypt as slaves, God uh, had the angel of death pass over every house that had the blood of the lamb over its doorpost and we are no different today friend you know because Jesus Christ is the lamb of god and he laid down his life he was slain he was sacrificed so we could be brought back into right relationship with god accepted as his children into his family anointed with his holy spirit to uh, fulfill god's plans and purposes for us upon this earth and Praise God, you know, as we celebrate Passover, as we take the communion meal, we remember, you know, when Jesus took that bread and said, this is my body, which has been given up for you so that you can be healed, so that you can be restored, so that your life can be resurrected from the dust, from the mud, from the dirt and and mire uh, where the enemy has has beaten you down. God wants to breathe his resurrection, healing power um, into your body. Into your life, into your relationships, your marriage, your, your family, your business. God wants to breathe his life upon you, friend. And that's why we take, we celebrate, you know, Passover and we're going in next week to Resurrection Sunday, um, where Jesus was raised from the dead and praise God, you know, uh, as we take the bread and the cup and, and we're going to break bread in a moment. That's what we're doing. We're remembering. What Jesus did for us in the same way that the Jews in the Passover, that's what Jesus was doing the night he was betrayed. He was taking that Passover meal, but he said to his friends, you know, now take the bread in remembrance of me because my body is about to be broken so that your bodies and your lives can be healed and my blood is about to be shed so that your sins can be forgiven one time for all and so that we can have total restoration with God. Uh, That's what Jesus was doing and you know it's interesting that um you know like i said god used daniel and david and gideon to to slay those giants uh those 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 enemies that had come against god's people god used ordinary regular people to overcome great obstacles because they were filled with his power and um you know back in in genesis chapter 14 maybe we'll look at it again next next week but um Melchizedek the king of Salem came out to Abraham, Abraham uh, this ordinary man whom God had called but who went out and he defeated this army of of um uh, you know these enemy armies and uh, Melchizedek came out to meet Abraham as he was coming back from the battle and you know what he brought him it was the very first time that the uh, in the Bible where it's mentioned about the bread and the wine and Melchizedek who was uh, a priest of the most high God and who was also king of Salem the king of righteousness and peace he came and he brought bread and wine to Abraham and as we you know join together today to break bread I encourage you to, to join with me and take your bread you know what we're doing is we are are acknowledging what Jesus did for us because you see God is our redeemer and like we read in in um, in the book of Romans chapter 8 there, you know, he brings good out of every bad situation. Remember we read that? We know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Well... He, he, It's the same what happened to uh, Joseph and David and Gideon. Even though they were in difficult situations, because of the time that they had spent behind closed doors with the Lord, because of the anointing that was on their lives, God used them to bring great glory to him, to defeat You know, the undefeatable, it looked like in the natural, undefeatable enemies. God used them to overpower and overcome every difficult thing that the enemy had put in their lives. So God is our redeemer. You know, that's why he sent Jesus to redeem us. It says in Galatians chapter three, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. So that the blessings of Abraham could come upon us, the Gentile believers, you know. So it is because of our faith in Jesus Christ that we have been, uh, just like Abraham... um, you know it says in Romans chapter four that Abraham's faith and trust in God was accounted to him for righteousness that is that he was made right with God uh because of believing and and that's all we are called to do is is just to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he uh took our sins upon his himself, that he died. Uh, on the cross, that he was beaten, so we could be healed, that he was shed his blood, so we could be forgiven, and that God raised him from the dead, so we could be totally acquitted and made right with God, and when we believe that that is uh, where we receive the free gift of righteousness. And that's why we take communion together. And how wonderful it is as brothers and sisters in Christ to be able to celebrate this meal together, you know, to take the bread. Um, it's just a symbol. It's just a piece of cracker or a piece of bread or whatever you have. All it is is a symbol of The body of Jesus Christ, which was broken so that we could receive healing, so that we could be delivered from the power of curse, from the power of our past, uh, from the power of neglect or rejection or or whatever it is that the enemy, mental torment or depression, uh, whatever it is that the devil has put on us physically. That's why his body was broken so that we could be healed. And that's what we're doing as we take the bread. And when we take the cup, what we're doing, the cup is just a symbol. It's just water or juice or whatever you have, tea. And what it is, is it's a symbol of his blood that was shed so that we could be forgiven our sins and made right with God because listen there's nothing we could ever do to make ourselves right with god there is no good deed no good works no penances or or hard horrible things we could do to ourselves in order to make god like us there's nothing we could do to make um to to be forgiven of our sins that's why god sent jesus He came down himself and took on the form of flesh human, um, as a human being. And he defeated death and sickness and sin and curse so that we could be restored and redeemed back to him. And so that good could come out of our lives and so that we can be used by him to bring him glory upon this earth. Amen. So let's take this bread today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this time of fellowship. We honour you, Lord. We lift up your name, Jesus. You are our Passover lamb. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for the blood of Jesus covering each one of us, our homes, our children, our, our families, our businesses, our jobs, our workplaces, our churches, our nations. Father, we pray the blood of Jesus over each one of us and we thank you for your hand of protection upon us, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you allowed your body Body to be broken so that we could be healed and as we eat this bread today lord we are eating your wisdom your understanding uh into our lives we're eating lord uh the knowledge of what your flesh did for us jesus when you were beaten so that we could be healed and we declare lord jesus that by your stripes i am healed amen we take the bread amen Let me take the cup. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for the anointing of the Spirit of God on each one of us right now. And we thank you, Lord, that your anointing destroys every yoke. And we release that anointing for total healing and restoration, Father. For each person listening to the sound of my voice, I release the anointing for the demonstration of your glory. You always confirm your word with signs following, Lord. And I praise you and I thank you for total healing and uh, restoration into people's minds, into their hearts. I cast down every argument, every Spirit of tension and pressure. Every attack the enemy has brought against these, my brothers and sisters, I command those things bound. In the name of Jesus and I release your ministering angels into their lives, into their situations to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring transformation and restoration in Jesus' name. And Lord, we take this cup today together and we uh, drink this drink, Lord, as a symbol of your blood that was shed for us so that we could be forgiven and made right with you. And we receive your gift of righteousness today in every area of our lives and we proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, your death and your resurrection, Lord Jesus. Until you come again and we say your name Jesus is above every name that is named. It's above the name of cancer. It's above the name of death. It's above the name of marriage breakdown. It's above the name of financial failure. It's above the name of dread and fear and lack. It's above the name. Of a disaster or destruction, I plead the blood of Jesus against every attack of the enemy that has been coming against it's above the name of drug addictions or any kind of addictions it's above the name of children who' have gone astray. I praise you in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you as we lift up your name, you said you would draw all men unto yourself, and Lord, we lift up the name of Jesus today over each one of those situations that every one of us are facing, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, as we make you Lord Jesus, we submit to you uh, under your authority and we thank you for what you have done for us and we proclaim your death and your resurrection until you come again Amen. Thank you Jesus You can take your cup now Lord Jesus that's the cup of the new covenant that was written in your blood and it is a covenant that we have with you God of mercy, of rest and of peace where we can rest from striving to be perfect and instead lord we accept the free gift of peace peace with god peace with our neighbors and peace with ourselves from you father god we can live a different life where now instead of trying to be perfect and trying to please men that we acknowledge and understand that we cannot live without you god That we are dependent upon you for our next breath. And instead that we aim to please you, God. And how do we please you? We please you by believing in you, Lord. Because that's what he said, you know, that how we please God is by our faith. And that's why Abraham was blessed by God. Because he believed And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that no matter what situation we're facing, we proclaim today, Jesus, you are the champion. You are the champion who brings us victory in every situation in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friend. Talk to you soon.
2: this decree today over all our church members and everyone listening to this podcast. This decree is taken from James chapter one, verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all abundantly and without reproach, and it should be given to him. The decree. Father, your word teaches us that you will give us your wisdom in abundance. Lord, we thank you for giving us your wisdom freely today. Thank you, Lord, that we will walk in the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and that our steps will be ordered by you today. We are grateful to you, Father, that your spirit always guides us to keep us in perfect double peace. We decree and declare that now today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The Aaronic Blessing The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom, in Jesus' name. Amen.